Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome guys to episode 11 of the Social Fishing Podcast. Now, this episode is a little different to anything we have done before and I'm pretty sure you'll like what we have put together. I've just returned home from a three-day trip to Lake Windermere with three really good mates in the Social Fishing team, Mitchie Condell, Mesa and Murray Stewart. Now, this was the first time I caught up and fished with Murray who is the newest member of the Social Fishing team. Now, Windermere is Murray's backyard and he fishes it weekly at the time of year. The knowledge he has on the lake is incredible and he knows how to catch the resident golden perch. He fishes in a number of competitions held on Windermere and has placed third in the Windy Classic among over 80 competitors. It was great to spend the weekend hanging out and fishing with Murray and picking his brains. He spends a lot of time on the water and is very knowledgeable angler. I know Mason and Mitch enjoyed learning from him as well. We had a cracker of a weekend on the lake and the reason this podcast is different is because the four of us actually sat down on Saturday night and talked about the trip. We talked about what we expected before arriving, the techniques we used and what we caught on out on the water, uh, the trial and error to figure out how the fish were behaving and plenty of great stories and banter as well in this episode. Now for me, this trip wasn't just about catching fish, we were also collecting content and footage for a new project we are working on. I clocked up over five hours of flight time on the new drone taking footage and photos of the lake. Now this project is a while away, we've just started it out, it is very exciting though and just keep listening out on the podcast for more updates on this project in the future. Now, this episode, as I said, is unlike anything we've done before, so I do hope you enjoy. Uh, We also recorded it outside in the caravan park on the Saturday night, so please excuse any background noise. There was a couple of people walking around, so I do apologize about that. But we learned lots on this trip, and we are going to share it with you all in this episode. Now, before we dive into this episode, a big thank you to our sponsor for the episode, Spotters Sunglasses. Now, for those of you who don't know, Spotters is a family-owned and run business and have been making premium quality polarized eyewear for over 20 years. Spotters uh, is the only Australian manufacturer of polarized sunglasses and they are very proud of this. That's a massive achievement to be the only business that actually manufactures the sunnies in Australia and you know you're getting quality when it's made on our home soil. This business was started due to a lack of quality polarized sunglasses on the market in Australia and year on year, spotters have increased their range of sunglasses and lenses and have been at the forefront of new technologies in lenses. The technology they continue to release along with new functional and stylish frames is incredible. If you're in the market for a new pair of sunnies, make sure you check out Spotter's sunglasses. And if you have any questions about the best models and styles to suit freshwater fishing, just send me an email and I'll happily help you out. Once again, a massive thank you to Spotter's. Now, I also want to mention that this was the first time that all of these three guys had ever done an interview or a podcast, and they did really, really well. I put Mitch, Meso, and Murray under the spotlight, and they stepped up. So, congrats on guys on a great episode and stepping up to the plate and having a chat with me that night. So, without further ado, let's jump into this exciting episode with Mitch, Meso, and Murray, where we talk about our trip to Lake Windermere. 
G'day guys, welcome back to the episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. Now this one is a little bit different as I discussed, we're sitting down, we're actually doing four of us chatting about a day's session out on the water. Um, it was an incredible couple of days we've had, we've still got a half a day tomorrow, we're at Lake Windermere. Now I'm joined by Mitchie, Mitchie Condell, how you doing buddy? Good mate, how are you? I'm very well. We've also got Mason with us uh, and we've got Murray. How you doing Mason? Good thanks mate. You had a good session eh? Yeah I did. Very good, got very lucky. And Murray's with me too. Murray, welcome to an episode of the podcast. I know you're a Cheers. big fan um, of what we've done for ages and now you're a part of the team and I know you're loving it. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be a part of it all and get amongst it. So as I would have said when I introduced the podcast, we are outside and we're doing this little sort of a summary from basically the day and, and how it was. And, and let me know, make sure you let me know if you're interested for us to do more of these things and we'll discuss basically how our session went and it's more of a relaxed chat between four of us and we'll see how it goes. We are outside so we might have a bit of background noise but we'll just see how it goes. So first of all we come up here, now Murray I know you fish this place a lot so what we were early spring and what was your thoughts on what it was going to be like out there? Um, I'd sort of, sort of seen here and there over social media a few local boys had sort of been getting amongst them and um, it's sort of around that time of year with when you get the right weather patterns and that it can really just pick up and fire and you can have even days where you're getting well into the double numbers of fish like at this time of year yeah yeah at this time of the year yeah it's it's pretty great like i was out here three weeks ago and we caught four fish in a matter of minutes just bang 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 and then that was it like we ended up going home but yeah matter of fact is they were just they were on the chew so and so we expected to catch them because it's a good time here now there was a lot of boats out there hey mace yeah there's plenty there's one nearly every bank you looked so there was, okay. I reckon there was 40 odd boats maybe, but that didn't, that didn't stop you from catching them, did it? No, definitely didn't. So walk me through, Meso is going to tell us a story here, and Mitchie, jump in if you want. Now, yesterday, can you, can you two, can you two explain the story from yesterday? We rocked up the night before, we drove up. Um, Meso, tell us the start actually, back in, we're back in Wagga, um, why'd you leave late? Oh, I just had to get the boat registered in time, because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really have a boat to fish in. <laughs> so so Mesa didn't have well actually your mate pulled out didn't he? Well yeah there was originally four of us coming up, um, but then it just turned out to be just me and Meso turning up. So, so you had to pull up yeah. Meso's new boat that you haven't fished in. Need to register it. So you left late. You got here. Now can you two run us through your session yesterday? What techniques you guys used, and then how it changed today. Well, we originally went to a couple of banks that we fished last year that we knew we caught fish there. And we started there and I think I dropped one in the first couple of casts and then had electric problems and then Mitch took over from there. Yeah, but so from today, we virtually fished parallel today to the bank, whereas yesterday we just cast straight at it direct and we were hopping like lipless crankbaits instead of actually giving them twitches and stuff like that. So yesterday you guys caught how many fish? Five. Yeah, I got one, and then Mitch got you got five, and I got one. Yeah. Yeah, and Murray, I was flying the drone most of the day yesterday. Um, I had a little Arvo session, but I was mainly filming. But Murray was doing. You were doing quite a few casts and fishing in between. You ended up with. I ended up with nine yesterday and four the day before. So you ended up with. So so you, we'll talk about that nine. So you got nine, and you were, you were smashing them. We come back that night, and Meso, you were like, tell me what you said. What did you say to Mitch? I was just fuming. I can't remember <laughs> yeah. what I said, but I wasn't happy. You, you said that surely we can't be doing... <laughs> Anything wrong. 
Well, uh, we can't be. Surely doing, we can't yeah. be this bad of fishermen. Yeah, I thought I was first day, first day out of fishing school, <laughs> learned how to cast. <laughs> so we went because there was a point where you guys come over to us. And they're like, have you caught any? And Murray said, how many you caught? He's like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, what? And then bang, you hooked up just as we let a fish go. And, the, and you're like, what are we doing wrong? And then how was your day today? How many fish did you get today? You went from what? one. To f- I got 10 myself. So you went yeah. from one to 10. So he sat here. And, and what do you reckon was the key thing? We were sitting here at the table last night. You spent two hours. What were you doing? Picking, Picking my, out lures. Picking my brains. Yeah, asking questions. <laughs> Exactly. So, ha- so that's that was key, wasn't it? Yeah. So you had to know what the local, local knowledge. So had to and, figure it out. And so you were picking Murray's brain. Yeah. And it worked a treat. So it worked a treat. Basically, you went from fishing diagonally in against the bank, uh, casting in and doing hops. And everyone out here is hopping ZX blades, which do work. Like we yeah. call it great yeah. fish. You can't go wrong with a ZX blade. Yeah. You also caught um, the jackal. Transams. Yeah, yeah, caught a handful on the jackal transams. A couple of the better quality fish were coming off those. Yeah, and then you ended up using just some soft vibes this morning and started catching fish. Yeah, I tried getting an imitation of a transam because we didn't have a transam. <laughs> 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 so there was a, there was a bloke who was standing here. Who was, he'd, he caught he caught twenty two for the day. Uh, on his own, and he had a heap of transams, and Mace almost wanted to buy one off him. <laughs> because it was like hundred bucks, hundred dollars, hundred bucks for two. I think it was thrown around. So, <laughs> but then you used it was basically a softer, more natural presented lure. And first cast this morning, you banged one. Yeah, had sixty-one. It, sixty-one. That is a slab. They're big in here, aren't they? First yeah. cast. They are massive they're fish. Huge. So what are they? They're just like unproportionally. Yeah, they're thick. probably. Oh no, they're probably their length. If you divide that in two, that's how wide they are. <laughs> they are wide. They are very wide. <laughs> biggest fit, biggest yellers you'll get. They they are insane. And we've talked a little bit at Windermere in the last podcast, and also with Steve Starling uh, when we did a few. But you, you guys, we went from yesterday using rattling lures, ZX blades. You weren't quite getting them. You weren't quite sure what to do. Picked his, picked Murray's brain last night changed your lure up, went out this morning and started catching fish and it was all, instead of casting in against the bank, you sat parallel in about what depth? What's the key depth? Sort of, uh, sort of the, the benchmark sort of depths. I, I run in feet out here. It's just a, a bit more of an accurate increment than metres, so to speak. I'm in the metric system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the old days. No, but um, sort of run in feet. The sort of the key marks that I generally run off is between sort of 10 to 15 or 12 to 15 feet, sort of the sweet spot when the way I sort of fish. Translated three to five metres. Yeah, three to five metres. <laughs> um, but I mean, like, as you said earlier, that that bloke that caught 22 for the day, he was fishing deeper. He was fishing about 20 feet. And like, we still caught fish, but that was just where the majority of fish were on that day, where that was that little bit deeper. Yeah. So maybe it's, it's worth fishing diagonal until you find out where they are or use a sound, a good quality sound that helps you find the fish. But you are always got to be adaptable. And all right, Mesa's laughing at me. <laughs> so t- tell me, tell me what's up. Oh, I just think we're a good quality sounder ourselves, and you don't need a sounder. <laughs> <laughs> so, story is um, because the boys didn't have the boat ready. The boat's only new, and they had to get it because a mate pulled out. Um, didn't have a sounder on it. So yeah. yesterday you were a bit frustrated, but today you guys did no worries at all without a sounder. Uh, yeah, just used our 
Oh, so we'd we'd <laughs> nose we'd get to a bank and we'd just uh, we'd nose straight into the bank and we'd look down until we can see the bank and then we'd just back out a meter or so until we can't see it and then we'd just start fishing parallel. And yeah, then like we see we the bottom, see the, where we could see the bottom, like start to see the weed and the bank go down and then we'd fish a meter aside of where we would lose visibility, I suppose. Yeah, and that's where you find a and fish. Yeah. yeah. Just cast along there. And one thing we noted today, uh, I think we've worked it out um, from yesterday. So we talked to a fellow who fished that seven metre mark, that 21 foot mark. He got a heap of fish. We got a few in shallower. Water was warmer yesterday. Today it was cooler for some reason. I have no idea why. Maybe it was a colder night. And you guys smashed him in shallow and he didn't catch as many and he would have been fishing deep again. So maybe because it was cooler, they were sitting shallower. Yeah, so probably in search of that warmer water that's exactly. coming up into the shallows. You said yeah. that, didn't you? You picked yeah. up on that when we were out in the water. Yeah, well, because we were sort of, like, we were casting in probably about that mm. three metres and probably getting nailed in the first couple Like, we got hops. a couple wider than what we were fishing yesterday, but then there was fish there where you'd cast in on the, like, 45, closer to the bank, and you'd get them. You'd in get the first them, couple yeah, hops, yeah. First couple so they'd only be shallow. Yeah. yeah. And but then we were fishing in the same area as he was yesterday. Today, we are catching plenty of, like when you are with us, we yep. were seeing plenty on the sounder. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's right. shallow. And, and what's another key is, and, and you tell me a bit about it too, is you actually move in this place, there's a lot of fish, but they do bunch up in some spots and some spots they're not. So it's almost key to fish a key spot, a rocky point, and then move to another spot, yeah? Yeah. So... A lot, of, a lot of the time in springtime, the fish will actually, they'll school up, maybe loose groups, three or four. And um, even like, you can rock up on a point, bang two or three fish in five minutes, and then the fish will start to shut down. And instead of grinding it out for that one extra fish, you're better off moving to another spot, and letting that group sort of freshen up over an hour or so, yeah. and then come back. So if you have five or six spots up your sleeve, you can just go rotate between spots and you can keep a school bite going all day. So you can actually go back to a spot you've already fished? Yeah, yeah, well 100%, 100%. Yeah, and tell us a little bit about the structure here. So, because you, you, you live and breathe this place. So actually, go back to and tell me, your, you got here the afternoon before us. Yep. What was your approach? You were bank walking. You, you caught four fish. Yeah, I um, I was I was planning on bringing the kayak up and getting out in it, but uh, a bit of laziness stopped me from uh, putting it on the back. So I thought, oh... You know, I've caught fish off the bank in this area before. I'll just go up and give that a crack. And I think straight away I was on the phone to you, yeah. sort of checking up how far away you'd be. I hung up and it must have been five minutes and I got one on fly and then sort of spent a lot of time trying to sight fish them but didn't see anything. And then right on dark, there was a bit of a bite window, maybe half an hour, and I caught, I caught three in about 15 minutes. I got two on fly and then one on a blade. But, um, and that's just walking the banks. Yeah, just walking the banks. This place just blows me away. That you can come up here, you could can't, you could stay at this caravan park, and you could no joke walk the bank and catch fish. So run me through the fly setup real quickly. What fly, and you had a sink tip. So yeah, yep. explain why and what you do with that. Yep. So I, I generally run a, a six weight fly rod. Like some some blokes like Reese generally <laughs> run a bit heavier and try and knock the fish over. I like to have a bit of fun. <laughs> that's not it at all. That's definitely it. <laughs> Don't listen to him. And um, so I run a six-weight fly rod, generally a, a six-weight um, fly line as well, sort of just matches up nicely in a six-weight reel. Just You can't go wrong with just matching those numbers. And you, you've you got a sink tip on it? Yeah, yeah um, I prefer to run a sink tip just because, like, like it goes back to sort of my favourite depths to fish, that 12 to 15 feet. If you can get a sink tip line that's maybe an eight-foot, 10-foot sink tip, 
you've only got to add five to ten foot leader on the end of that and then you're fishing that fly on a full length cast in that 15 to 12 foot of water the yeah. whole time yeah yeah because most fly lines you'd get a floating like your line yeah. might be floating yeah, yeah so the sink tip just drags it down because it would take too long to get to the bottom yeah if you're not using heavy flies then the sink tip definitely just drags your fly down and it gets it to that depth quicker so you're yep. not spending 40 seconds a cast before you retrieve which over a day can mean a hundred casts extra, which yeah. is what you want really. Um, and I, it, also, I also take, I generally take three reels. So I've got a, a float and fly line, and then I've got a full sink fly line and then a sink tip fly line. So I change for the, the situation of the bank that I'm fishing. Right, yeah, yeah. obviously. And it, it all depends because you might be fishing super shallow sight casting them, you don't need yep. a sink tip at all. Yep. And then your leader, really long leader, and what flies? Uh, well, you really can't go wrong. I've fished them for probably three or four seasons that I've been doing it on fly, and it's the BWC flies, Donnie Brasco. Yeah. Um, Brett ties a good fly. Yeah, Brett's incredible. This ties a mean fly. Um, I've caught countless fish in the rivers, in the dams, sight fishing them, everything on them. Watched them cruise from five meters away to pick them up off the bottom and just... That's awesome. It's insane. And those Donnie Brascos are a bit longer than what I would have expected that they'd eat, but they, they just suck them in, no worries. Yeah, they're about 75, 75, 80 mil long, yep. some of them. Um, they they work a treat. They're just... You can't you can't beat them. They're yeah. probably best on the market in Australia for that sort of fishing. Yeah, so so if you ever want to go fly fishing for Windermere, um, for Gold Perch, sorry, Windermere is the place to do it. You can see them in the shallows. You've, you were just blind casting out off yeah. the rocky points and just twitching them back slowly. So fly is an insane technique. So you got those four. So then the next morning, so that was yesterday morning, we went out and we basically, your technique was to just cast, what do we cast, ZX blades? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of just a, a fail-safe lure. You know it works. It's a bit of a search bait, so it'll bring fish in from a distance. Yeah. When, like, a soft plastic, and that's more of a targeted area kind of thing. Like, if you know fish are there, fish are plastic. If you're just working an area to find fish, you're better off fishing your rattlers and your blades and stuff. Things that have got vibration. Yeah, vibration, something that'll bring fish over from a few metres. So, now talk us through the, the, the structure for Windermere, because it's, it's different, eh, Mitch? It's different to, like, blaring or bone and Jack, where you fish for yellows? Yeah, blaring you're fishing more steeper, rockier sort of banks, whereas Windermere you're fishing those flat sort of 45 degree banks with weed and sort of, yeah, it's ma mainly the weed actually. It's probably the better structure that the, they're sitting in. But the, the points we were getting them off were very subtle, like something you can almost not even look at. It's like a, a, a slow, a bit of a dirty bank, but then just a tiny little point with a patch of gravelly rock on it, eh? Like, the subtle seems to be better, and that that's where you probably, like that island you got your fish off this morning, yep. flat island, not much to it, a few little boulders here and there, and that's where the big, big fish are, and people leave those spots alone as well. Yeah, well, I suppose when you notice that there's a couple rocks sitting on the side of the bank, you can only imagine what's down below. Yeah. So it's only going to probably get either better or worse. You don't know until you get over there, really. But that's where a good sounder comes into play. <laughs> we don't need one, but a sounder will help with that. But, yeah, you pretty much just but find the rocks and that's what... It doesn't need to be severe rocks to hold the fish, eh? Oh, no, not really. No. Nah. Those small little Yeah, outcrops. probably even, even only tennis ball-shaped, like, sized rocks will just hold masses of fish like yeah. that that first fish we got that morning reese it was only it was a big barren bank a lot of the rocky reef on it was already out of the water yeah and there was That's only right. that one small point 
had a little bit of rock still running down into the water and there was three fish come through on the sounder and we banged that 605. Yeah, because this lake's at 30%, so it's quite low, so normally that's covered a bit more and Murray's going to hate me, but that's straight opposite the boat ramp where he caught that fish. Ah, it's no secret anymore there's anyway. A, there's a couple of little points opposite the boat ramp, so if you go across from the boat ramp, there's there's basically a couple of little points you'll see and anywhere from 30% to 60%, there's, there's a good bit of structure in there. Um, but that's where you got that really nice fish, eh? You yeah. don't have to fly up the other end of the dam. No. There's God fish no. everywhere. God, no. You can catch fish, like, just around the corner from the boat ramp. Yes. Yeah. People overlook it, and it just doesn't get fished. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and what I loved is how you went in and you fished parallel. Yeah. Like, you full-on cast parallel. It's no diagonal at all. Well, yep. there's bits where you've got to do it, but you're, like, confident, sitting in 15-foot, cast them parallel and hopping your blade back yep and that like that goes back again to those depths that i mentioned earlier is the 12 to 15 feet if you have the boat in that depth you're casting parallel your lure is constantly in that sweet spot the whole retrieve yeah and that like that just maximizes your your fish catching ability rather than casting up shallow and your lure is only in it that sweet spot for four hops the whole retrieve and they're like yeah you're covering a range of depths if you don't know what depth you're in, it's a great way to fish. But if you're confident in an area and a depth, then that's just how to fish it. Yeah, exactly. Because that way your lure's staying in the strikes and yep, the whole way. Yep. Rather than going through no fish and then a few fish and then out deep into no fish again. Yep. It's good when you're searching. Like if you don't know where they are. Like today you were doing that, hey, Mace? Yeah, and on the rocky, the ones we weren't too confident in, I suppose. Because then you'd figure fish out. It quick. Yeah, and then they, some of them were hitting you up shallow. And then that worked out you know, all day that we actually had to fish shallower than we thought, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. And tell us about, um, May, so when you're fishing, you don't want to cast too close to the bank, hey, because there's... A like lot of, s- yeah, snot. Snot. And with the trebles. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it, yeah, snot. snot. <laughs> Mainly like algae and just floating bits of weed just and that snot, sort of stuff. Yeah. Just it sticks to the bad. sticks to the rocks. Especially if you're using treble, treble hooks. It's like yeah. an underwater... Uh, mold almost yeah. you could call it and it sits wherever the light can penetrate so it's the first two to three meters yeah off I the bank what do we work at? it's about two and a half three meters it stops mm. so if you cast in into two meters of water your chances are your lure hits snot snot <laughs> so what did you do the night before what did, what did murray tell you to do you were chucking on that vibe it was a what vibe what, what was that a little kokoda it was a kokoda a soft yeah. kokoda vibe just, you don't need just ex- a cheap version of the transient <laughs> 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 so what did you say it's it's, it's in boss three of them for the price it's of a of one, so yeah. so you had that on, but what yeah. did Murray tell you to do? Put little assist hooks on. Yeah, no, not that. <laughs> told you to cut the treble. Oh yeah, the front one. So assist hooks are good, sorry mate. So <laughs> assist hooks work a treat. That works really really well. But as a really simple fix for not getting so much weed is cutting the front of your front hook. So explain. Front treble. So you got the front treble. So you got three hooks. Just cut the front side of the treble hook. So the bit so, that points yeah, forward. Yeah, the bit that points yeah. forward. Because it scoops up the slime. Yeah. And the I other was, two. I suppose to make down. sure you don't cut the wrong one too is if you just lay it flat against the belly of the lure and then the one that faces forward, you cut yeah. that. So you hold the nose of the lure up and yep. the hook lays against its belly. Yep. And, and make sure you don't cut trip. the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <mate>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, so Windermere has been an experience and, and I know there's a lot of people out here. It's a popular place. Um, if you do ever come, you, you are going to have people to fish around. There are going to be a lot of people around. But y- you can still get out there and have fun. Now, the competitions, what dates are the competitions usually? Um, generally, 
sort of from the start of October, there's generally one nearly every weekend. Through October. Yeah. Like, it, there might be one or two weekends where it might not fish and, like, the tournament organisers have changed the dates. Um, generally, they change it to suit the year or just suit their availabilities, I suppose. But yep. um, generally, October's tournament season here and it's flat stick. So can anyone come and fish anyway? Like, if there's a compound, you can still come and fish yeah. the place? Yeah, you can still come catch fish. Like, when they're chewing, they're chewing. Like, you can't do anything wrong. Generally, after one or two days of a comp, the fish will be a little bit lure shy. But they're only on those big major open areas that like you look at it and you go, Oh, that's fish structure when the like spots you said earlier, that people can see. Yeah, the big rock walls and that there. You'd almost wouldn't fish them after a tournament. You'd yeah. just go and you'd fish those little subtle rock banks that no one's chased them on and yep. you can still still have great sessions after comps. So uh, if you were going to come and visit the place, I'd almost recommend just taking three days off in the middle of the week. You have the lake to yourself, there won't many people around. Um, but if you do happen to come on a weekend, that's what we're here on the weekend, it, there's surprisingly more boats than you said usually is here at this time of year. Possibly people are catching fish. Um, so people have come a bit early. But that warmer weather early has switched them on, hasn't it? Oh, definitely, definitely. We had probably two weeks of really warm weather like i think even in the middle of it, we had like one snow day we had six inches of snow like <laughs> 70 k's away snow and the next day a bloke come out and banged 20 or 30 fish yeah just wow. wang, just bang 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 one after another just every five minutes he was putting stories up on instagram of catching fish yeah that's crazy it was just chaos so the technique Mesa, are you happy to share the technique you were using today? Oh, I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I can. So, the, so we'll start with Murray, actually. The technique, just run us through. If You're using a ZX blade. You're using yep. a, a Vibe, the Trans Am. The standard, straightforward technique is hopping. Explain the hop. Yeah, so obviously you're fishing parallel. You, find, you found your depth. You, you find your sweet spot where you think the fish are going to be. Yeah, full-length cast. Just let it drop straight down to the bottom as soon as it lands and then you're watching your line the whole way and you'll see the, the line goes slack into a big belly when it hits the bottom yep and then you just wind up that slack so there's so it's sort of tight to the lure on the bottom and then it's just like one quick lift and then just guide it back to the bottom slowly there's nine out of ten times if a fish is going to hit it it'll either hit it on the bottom and you either won't feel it or you'll feel the pluck or as you're guiding it back to the bottom they'll actually follow it down and they'll hit it mid-water yeah so what's that just didn't mean to interrupt, but Mitchy, right. that Mitchy, that that um, explain that hit because you got a lot of hits today that were like that. Like it's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's sort of it sort of feels like you snagged up. To be honest, <laughs> like, you'll have weight that you think you snagged up, and then all of a sudden your drag will start to zing. It's as if they've just sucked it in and just sat there, and I don't know. It's just strange. So different. The lures on the bottom. Yeah, and they've just and you lifted. And you're just on. Yeah. Well, you just think you're snagged. No, you you're just like, think, oh, you think got I'm weight. Snagged. You got weight, but it just there's nothing moving. It just dead set feels like a snag, and then they all of a sudden start to move. They start to move because <laughs> they wake up and realize yeah. something's up. Yeah, and they, they just realize something's different, off. and they just take off. It's so that happens as Murray just explained. As soon as that lure hits the bottom, they can come in and suck it up. And sometimes you'll feel it. Sometimes you'll get a tap, and you'll be yeah. like, "Oh, that was different." So strike. But when you go to do your next lift, it's basically a strike, and it's normally just boom straight in. Yeah. And with a ZX blade, those assist hooks are unreal, and you can use assist hooks on any other lure. So, explain. Go back to what you're saying. So you yep. you guide it down as well. You don't just let it plummet back to the bottom. Yeah. So on the top of the lift, don't drop your rod tip straight back down. You keep it high and just keep a slow turn on the reel. Yeah. That way, it keeps that little bit of slack out, and it'll just it'll it's almost like a pendulum swing. It'll it'll hoop back to the bottom slowly. Yep. And I'll yeah, they'll just cream it on the way down. It's just 
bang, and you just have to jam and one. And you strike. You give it yeah. a good, good hard yeah, strike. Yeah, yeah, give it to them. And so that's that technique, right? So that's that's a just a hop, and you yep. can do a double hop. Yeah, you can you do can... a triple hop. You can do it aggressive. You can do it slow. So yep. if the fish aren't biting, this is one thing. If it's a lot of pressure out here, they aren't biting very well, do a slow hop and actually put it on the bottom and let it pause and sit on the bottom for a while yeah. to give them time to come over and look at it. When they're chewing, though, they're, they're chewing. Yeah, they're chewing. So you, just you can't do anything be wrong. active, make your lure really active. Another technique is shaking the rod, which is, uh, Murray was just showing it to us to, uh, well, yesterday, you, you basically, instead of doing one lift, you kind of shake your rod tip and lift a little bit at the same time. So it's sort of hopping up off the bottom, but like vibrating as it does it. And then you got it back. But Meso, I want to hear about your <laughs> technique, which you thought, this technique that Mason was using today, he thought, he was doing what Murray told him last night to do, but it actually wasn't like that at all, but it worked a treat. Yeah, well... Shake and bake. I reckon I was watching <laughs> yeah. Murray for two hours. Two hours? Catching these fish, and I wasn't... Yes, the, the first yeah, afternoon. Yes, yeah, first. <laughs> so then this morning I went out, and I was just violently, like, shaking the rod tip, just, like, nuts constantly, and slowly slowly winding the handle. And then... Yeah, the first mo- first cast, halfway back to the boat, bang, 61. By the way, you didn't even like that spot, and Mitchell picked that, so yeah. I reckon Mitch yeah. can have half of that fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am the sounder. <laughs> so, so go back to the technique, it's your rod tips down. Yeah, just point well, I like explain, to have it. Explain exactly everything you're doing so someone can picture it in their own mind. I like to have, well, instead of having my rod tip straight, straight down in front of me, I like to have it to the side a bit and just shake it left and right, just... So your rod short tips and sharp, yeah. touching the water. Short and sharp, real violently, and then slowly winding the handle ever so slowly. Sometimes just stopping when I want or just yeah. Yeah, right. So you're so you're violently shaking shaking it, winding the handle and it's just so what it'd be doing is a yabby or whatever, like your plastic would be just shaking and basically yeah, just, just bouncing like along the bottom tiny yeah. tiny and, and if you think you're not going slow enough, go slower because yeah. Mesa was going that slow it was just tiny little hops along the bottom and that'd be just imitating a yabby yeah well worked a treat today and you didn't actually do many pauses did you you kind of just no. shook him along shook him along and then they're just banging yeah hammering. it was weird like sometimes you just wouldn't feel it like you wouldn't feel having a pause like you just keep it going and then other times you'd pause it and like you know it was hard to know when like the fish hit because it just happened so quick you don't know if it happened on the pause or not yeah yeah, yeah. I, I finally found these boys this afternoon because I, I, there was no service out there and I couldn't get on to Mitchy. And um, Murray and I had a rough, uh, a rough morning, very slow. And I was flying the drone a bit and doing a bit of filming here, but we did have a bit of a crack and it was quite slow for us. Murray had to go do some things, so I dropped him off and I found you boys. And I thank God I found you because I, we hadn't caught a fish. Talked to another boat, and these blokes had caught five fish. They caught them all really early and no big ones. And then these two loonies come around the corner with big smiles on their face. And they had to go, yeah, we caught nine. Real big too. And I'm like, show me what's happening. We went over to the point he'd been fishing and first cast mesos into him. Dang, 59. That was a good fish. Jeez, that was big. And it's thick. Like... They are that thick. They're Mason couldn't even hold this fish in the water. But <laughs> made him jump in the water for a photo, and he just could not oh, hold oh. it. And yeah. just so thick. And then I watched you all afternoon, just catch fish after fish after fish. Now, I know in fishing, there's a thing where someone always has... Uh, we talk bits... We go through this quite a lot when we were younger, um, when I was a few years back fishing with Chris and all them, and it's about having the stink. So someone's always got the stink. 
I don't think Mitchell's ever had it, especially at Blair. Have you? Mitch, no. I think Talos always has it. Oh, yeah. He's constantly catching something. <laughs> it's just wrong. So the stink is when you've just got this knack for catching fish. Now, Murray had it yesterday, and I reckon Mesa must have touched him last night and got it off yeah. him because Mesa just cleaned up today. Like, you, you had a good arvo, didn't you, Mitchie? But he, he was just doing something right. It, yeah, it was just it was just something different. Like, it was just... Like, going back to the thing of... Um, boats on the water and all that sort of stuff we were coming in behind boats and trying this technique and nailing fish from behind them like it doesn't really matter if there is another boat there it's just a different technique that they're not used to and they're just we're cleaning up on them yeah especially like it is probably better to fish areas that haven't been fished but because as long as someone's gone through there nice and quietly they didn't yeah. like fly around with the petrol which they didn't those fish weren't really spooked but they might have been you know, different tech. They yeah. could have been using a different technique been, compared to us, or yeah. a different lure, or so that that goes to show that those, those standard techniques work. So Hop and ZX blades, absolutely dynamite. Using lipless crankbaits, soft fibes, hopping them, they work. But if something's not working, like for Mason the first day catching one fish, change it up. Yeah, just change it. Just nothing. Slow roll the trees with grubs. Fish slower, like you did. You know, mix up your retrieves figure out what they're feeding on you. It could come down to how fast you're retrieving or how high you're hopping it, can't it? Like, it's... Yeah. It's... Yeah, it can be absolutely anything. So, one other thing I want to talk about is leader size. Um, Murray, tell me through... Talk us through the leader that you run here. I was, I was quite astounded, like, blown away when you told me what you use. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I kind of run by the, by the standard of fish light to get the bite and, like... Over the last couple of years, I've sort of gone from fishing 10, 12 pound and like catching, yeah, maybe a good day, five fish in a session. Yeah. I drop down, I fish four pound now, flat stick, straight through everything. That's mad. So four pound is like super light and you just, you don't actually, with you have, with a good quality four pound, like we were both running Vanish fluorocarbon, yeah. yep. it's quite strong still. So you're not, you don't really lose the fish because yeah, they're yeah. not in heavy timber, but four pound just gives you that edge. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely gives you, it's just that, that little bit like less in diameter that clued up fish won't see four pound at all it's just you just you go from banging five fish a day on 10 pound to nearly getting 20 fish a day on a good day like, what, what were you running mate so oh, i think i was had six pound you had six yeah, on six did you run six two nah, seven you had seven. I run seven yeah yeah so they're very 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 similar and and the water's clear um, not crisp, not like some places I've ever fished, but it's still quite clear for windy, isn't it? It does get clear in summer. You yeah, in, in summer you can have days where visibility is nearly 20 foot yeah. in places, but I think what today, the last couple of days, it's only been about nine, nine foot at most. Yeah, at, at very most. And it's got this green tinge to it and it's got a bit of algae floating around yeah. on the surface. Um, it's still clear. It's like this green clear, but incredible lake. And we've, we've learned a lot. Mitchie, can you, can you think of something that you've learned based on what you did last year to this year? Is there anything you can think of that's... Oh, yeah. Fishing parallel to yeah, the bank. We didn't, we didn't do thing. anything like that last year and us fishing parallel to the bank is... Like change the way we fish Windermere because you've doubled your fish catch. Yeah. We've doubled, yeah, because we've we've caught um, fifteen now. Is it? Yeah, I think fourteen. I think fourteen, and we caught that in the whole trip last year, and we've still got another day to go. So yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Just, seen Murray catch that one. Yeah. When was that? Yesterday. Um, yeah, halfway yeah. through yesterday. yesterday. First went when we went and found at that point. You boys, yeah, you had one in the boat. <laughs> Remember, Mason's like, what? That is. 
How do you do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it's just watching that. Yeah, an experienced person that knows the lake, knows yeah. how to fish for these fish. You soon start to pick up on things that are like they work. They actually really. And you got to actually listen to what yeah. they're saying, like actually want. Yeah. Want to learn? Yeah, yeah, you just want to That's learn right. and just chip at someone's brain for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> and then go catch, go catch ten and two sixty ones. Yeah. So yeah. So what's run us through some of the sizes? So you got a. What'd you get uh, first up? Yeah, six oh five. So. Oh five, yeah, because yeah. it's a compangler. I got two. <laughs> well, what did I get? You got you got two sixty. Yeah, sixty one and then sixty one and a half, <laughs> <laughs> and then two fifty nine and a halves, yeah. and fifty seven, I think, and a couple yeah, of other. Yeah, I think we. Ones. If you put it all together, I think our average Boys, size fish would be 58. about fifty seven, fifty eight. Yeah. Yeah. This whole trip we, so far. You got we got a couple little. We, we got a couple of small ones, but probably. but. We, they've all been like all the ones you got today mm. were over 55 centimeters yeah that i don't is think a, i got one shorter there's a trophy yellow for some other waterways but for for here it's like we didn't even get photos for some of them but yeah they were they were good quality fish and and a lot of people out there were struggling to get big fish everyone i've talked to i don't think i've talked to anyone who's got anything over 57 58 and you, and Murray you even said to catch for him to catch what did you get a, a 60 261s yep a 50 259s and a halves or 59 and a 60 you got a 60 yesterday no you got a 60 oh, yeah you got yeah, a 60, 60. Yeah. yesterday and a fi- you got a 58 this afternoon yeah, that's yeah. uncommon eh yeah to get like that kind of quality fish over and over and over and not bang fish in that sort of 50 centimetre mark, but get them all consistently in that range. It's like you have to be doing that something different compared to everyone else. Like the big fish. Mate, so he's got a big smile yeah, on his no face. Worries. Huge grin, huge grin. <laughs> like you've got to be, you've got to be like standing out to the fish kind of thing. Like yeah. they, they've seen everything by the stage they get to that big. Yeah. They've seen it all. They've seen blades, jackals, you name it. They've seen it. And like, well, you went out today and with throwing yeah. grubs actually casting them yeah. and like not a whole Just lot of people do that and shake and bake shake and bake that's, that's what it's called shake Show and bake the money shake <laughs> 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 nice yeah so and and then that's that's the difference but you're saying yeah so those a trophy fish in here yeah they, they consistently you get them up to 60 yeah 61. so so your trophy yellow from windermere is 60 plus any, anything under is like it's good. 58, 59 is like a good <laughs> fish. Fifty fifty fish is good. 50, 55 <laughs> is sort of like the top class of your average fish. Yeah. And then like your stock standards between 50 to 55. That's crazy. Yeah. That is insane. And they're a mad colour, eh? And, and they fight hard, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So what is the fight? Run me through Just the fight. Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could, have a, you could have a fish on for, I don't know, maybe five minutes. If they really want to bury her, they... They'll yeah. take They'll you for a ro- like a road trip for five minutes. You don't minutes want to go too hard on them. Yeah, no, nah. no. There's not not real like there's not much structure, so you actually can yeah. loosen your drag off and yeah, give them that space so that you don't lose them. So quite, quite often you'll find your bigger fish won't like go as hard like pulling a lot of yeah. string. They'll just, just lug it out yeah, like stay just deep. thick like thick wide head shakes and tail beats. And the little ones like as we saw yesterday, like those little yeah. ones that I hooked in front of is. They were just they like... They go like train. Yeah, they were training. They were screaming off the reel and then you'd turn them around and you go, oh, this might be a good one, might be a good one. Nah, it's like 50 centimetres. Or, you, yeah, or you think you got a giant and you hook them in the arse. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, so, the Reese yeah. Creed special. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm the second fish to Savi and it was going like a truck. I'm like, yeah, this is good. It was on for a good three or four minutes. These boys were casting beside me and in the end I hooked it in the side of like under its back fin 
Ah, oh, man, no wonder it's fighting hard. It was got... Because you can't... It's it's interesting, if you didn't know, if you were to hook and fight a fish from the tail or the back of it, you it takes you forever to land them because you can't actually turn their head. That's why we're able to land fish because when you turn their head towards you, they struggle because they've got to turn their head around to get back down. So that was just a bit unlucky, that fish that I happened to hook in the tail. But in terms of the dam, in terms of windy, it's not an overly big lake, is it? Like, it's quite no. small. Um, the percentage, like, if you had to listen to the podcast prior, it, it doesn't get up to 100%. Like, in the last 25 years, it's gone from 30 to 60% up and down. Yeah. And when it's more... St- stationary and sort of level you get those big weed beds yeah yeah if, if, you, if you have um like a lot of good rain stable rain and hot weather so it keeps it within like a foot of height the whole time like doesn't yep. doesn't variate too much the the weed growth in the dam is incredibly huge big walls of ribbon weed along the banks and then you'll get on the rocky banks you get patchy weed which is just incredible for chasing goldens because they just they like to get in and around it and cruise in amongst little hollow parts in them and they just chase the shrimp, the abbeys, the bait fish. It all lives there, and then the, all the yellows come in, and they chase them there. It's just it, the ecosystem explodes. So weed's good. Yeah. And you want weed. to fish near weed. Yep, yep. Avoid the snot, hit the ribbon weed. <laughs> yeah, do that. And then in terms of the lake, there's not one part of the lake that fishes better than there are the other no, is there. No, it's consistent the whole way through the dam. You might have time periods where one end of the dam, you might, you might only get like your odd fish here and there, but then on the other end of the dam, you might just brain them on a few open points, but you could then go two points over, fish will still be on the sounder, but then not catch them. But generally speaking, the whole dam, when it's firing, you you can go anywhere, fish it confidently and catch fish. Which we found, because we'd fish rocky banks, or sharp rocky banks, and then if we didn't go any good there, we'd go to the 45 banks that didn't have much and find fish there as well. So. You just it keep just trying va- different yeah, just things. Varied. Yeah, varied. It's just like looking on like people's videos on like Facebook or Instagram or something like that, looking in the backgrounds of what they're fishing and how they're fishing. Like you can always see their rod in the video, see whether they're hopping them or whether <laughs> yeah. they're you, like you know. Picture tells a thousand words. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you could nearly agree that like a, a fisherman's special talent or superpower is picking up the exact spot on a dam or a river just by like even one pixel being in a yeah. background. You can be like, yeah. "Yep, I know that log," or "Yep, I know that yeah. bank." Because I know prior to the trip, like I was going on Instagram and looking on like Windermere Dam and like the tags to see if there'd been. Was there many? Yeah. Oh, there was Jacko, a couple. Yeah. Jacko Davies videos—they're the ones that we mainly yeah, he's been mainly watch, few, and yeah. he's been catching a few up here, and that's sort of how we knew what the numbers were like before we come up here and what they were sort of catching them on, and like what time of day he was sort of catching them. Yeah, so which is every and he said in a couple of his videos here he was getting like two on a bank and then going to another bank. Yeah, and it kind of gave you a rough idea of how they're feeding. Yeah, them. yeah. How they're you don't have to stay on a bank for for the whole day. And that's kind of like your first bit of research. And obviously now being with Murray, that was like as good as it gets. Yeah. But you've got different levels. You've got social media is one level. Then you've got what we do. We produce content. We've got articles. We've got videos yeah. and this podcast. And then that, that, that gives you quite a bit to go off. If you're coming to Windermere, obviously this is going to help you. But yeah. then you've got the next level is talking to people out in the water. Yeah, communicate with people. If you see a boat, if you're next to a boat, yell out, ask them how they're going. Even they might not share, but exactly, yeah, they might exactly. not share. But like, old mate came up to us, eh, on yeah. the first yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, like some people come up and tell you how they're going and what they're using, or they might even ask you what you're using. Yeah. And like that bloke that come over and spoke to us about the 22 that he caught and he told caught exactly it in what he 20 using, foot of yeah. water. Like we wouldn't have known that if he didn't come over and talk to us. A lot we, of people are happy to share. Yeah, like yeah. information, like. 
everybody wants to catch fish. So if exactly. they're happy, if they help, they help. Exactly. It's yeah. not a tournament, so. No, it's not a tournament. We're all out there to catch fish. That's obviously different, I guess, when it yeah. comes to tournament. Is it, yeah? Yeah, It's like. You have your tight groups, you have like a handful of blokes who might know each other and they might share little bits, like here and there, but like generally most of the info you pick up, you'll be going for a shower of a night and you just hear your old mate talking to his mate in the shower next to you and you just say, yeah, no, that was good, we got that one on that ZX off that stony point, you know, and it's like, go back to cameo, right, eh, boys, this is what we need to do tomorrow. Is that what you talk about in the shower, Mitch? Oh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Mason will tonight, though. Yeah. About his little twitch, twitch, shake everyone, and bake. I'll be telling everyone in there. Always about shake and bake. Fish I am, yeah. Fish I am. Only, yeah, when it's empty. <laughs> 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 no, that was good. It was a good, it was a good trip. And, and you got, we're all coming back next year, yeah? Oh, you yeah. Come back? Oh, easy. You can't not come back. <laughs> Murray's up. <laughs> Murray's up here. So Murray I'm fishes. Murray off. Well, yeah. Murray will be back next week. <laughs> yeah. Back next weekend. We'll but for us, back. it's a big yeah. trip. It's a five-hour trip, but it's well and truly worth oh, the trip. It's definitely worth it. You just got to make sure, like, you come up at the right time when the fish are on. And you got yeah. to basically rub it into the boys too. Yeah. That pulled yeah. out. Oh yeah, forty fish weekend, I reckon. So yeah. we're at, we're hit thirty-six. We've caught thirty-six fish yeah. between pretty much three blokes, and I've done a, a a little bit of fishing. I've done probably three hours all up most, but. We've done quite well. You guys have got some. You've all caught good numbers of fish between yeah, the three of you guys. Good numbers and good size. PB for me. Couple yeah. PBs. Couple PBs. Couple yeah, we went sixty-one and then he went sixty-one five, yeah. which is sixty-one. If if we're talking, if we're talking, like Murray, yeah. Yeah. sixty-one. Yeah. Yeah. Come up to yeah. the mix, which is about three foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's two foot. No, yeah, it's two it's, foot. No, it's not. Well, it's two foot actually. It's yeah, two so. foot. It's two foot. <laughs> uh, are you sure your fish were that long, Mitch? Are you oh, sure know. you caught sixty centimeter fish? They might have been forty centimeters. <laughs> anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. This was good. Did you guys enjoy it sitting down and talking? Yeah, yeah it, was it was good. Good laugh. Yeah. A bit, bit different to everything else we've sort of done, so. Yeah, well and truly different to the videos. It's different to all the other podcasts too, a little bit more casual. So I want you guys to make sure you let us know if you enjoyed this because we can do some more. After we do some big drifts on the Bidgey, we can sit yeah. down and have a chat. Um, I know Mitch gets some good fish when we do those. Um, last time you stole a fish from under my boat. Turned out to be the best looking fish of the year too, I reckon. I was casting at a log, no joke, casting a log in front of me and he was drifting down the river and... Let a spinnerbait limb right in front of me, blade at this log, and oh, yeah, on, got him. And you, you felt so good. Yeah. <laughs> that is so good, I just stole your fish. It's just who I am, what yeah. I am, I'm quality. Yeah, good on you, Mitch. <laughs> that <laughs> shit. Good on you. So, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch has come a long way. You, you've, you've come a long way, and you've actually done well to do this. You're in a couple of the trout videos. Now, the thing that makes you who you are is you make the trip well and truly worth it and a good laugh. So for those of you who have seen Mitch in some photos, he is the comedian of the oh, wannabe. Thinks he's a com- we actually <laughs> laugh at him. But have you got any jokes? Have you got any jokes to tell anyone? Sign us off with a good one. Before oh, we finish just, up. Oh, was, Come on, Mitch. Oh, I've got to think of this one. He's under right. the pump. <laughs> under the pump. Stage right. What's got six wheels and flies? What? A garbage truck. He <laughs> 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 tells that one all the time. That is, that is horrible, Mitch. Oh, good on you. That's quality enough. dad jokes. I'm not even a dad yet. That's enough. Yeah, That's good what you. you think. <laughs> right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. This was really, really good. Thanks, Murray, Meso, and Mitchie for sitting down. It's actually Triple really, M. really freezing cold. I know. We're all, Triple M. Triple M. We're all sitting down and freezing. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. I uh, really hope you enjoyed. And yeah, come to Windy, give it a crack. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed this and learnt lots. And 
by the time you listen to this, uh, it may be still good to come up. You know, come up through October, November, well and truly. But uh, Windermere is great in spring. So thanks, fellas. Not a problem. Oh, rip. Thanks for having I say. me. Well, well and truly. <laughs> get out there and come to Windy and give them a crack. It is awesome fun. I still don't get your joke. A garbage <laughs> truck has six wheels and flies, little black flies. Literal flies. Like what has six wheels and flies? What, what has six wheels and flies? A garbage truck. It's really bad. <laughs> I don't know, that cool last one. I still don't think it's bad. <laughs> And there you have it, guys. What a cracker of an episode on our experience from the trip. We learn a lot of things from Murray and also from experience and trial and error out on the water. And it pays to try things that other anglers aren't doing. If you're doing a trip to Windermere in the next few weeks, this episode will definitely help. But even if you're not, you can still apply these tactics to other places you may be visiting this spring when chasing Golden Perch. A bit of an update on the morning after we recorded this episode. Uh, We had half a day left before we had to head home and we were hoping for four more fish, just one more fish each to hit that 40 mark. So first thing in the morning, we headed out and found some fish schooling up in the trees and Murray landed three in about an hour rolling soft plastic grubs, uh, the Berkeley gulp grubs up the trees and Mesa um, managed to find a small fish sitting off a rocky point. Now that was all by about 8 o'clock. Then later on between 9 and 11am, Mitch and Mason managed to find a massive school of fish sitting off a point and Mason landed three and three casts and dropped another one on the very next cast and these were big fish too. Uh, we found the boys as we were heading down the dam we were about to leave and they were waving at us and they were waving quite a bit and we thought they were just waving goodbye but Mitch was doing a big wave and I thought that's not a goodbye wave, that's a come here wave. So we boated over and when we got there they told us they'd just landed three and three casts. Uh, so we pulled up, um, Mason caught another one within a couple of casts and then Murray and I managed a double hookup. What a way to finish the trip. Uh, the Sunday morning session was insane and we ended up landing 50 fish for the trip. So we got 14 fish in half a day the next morning and we couldn't have asked for a better way to finish the trip and a better trip away with some good mates. Now again, a massive thank you to our sponsor, Spotter Sunglasses. Uh, Without our sponsors, we cannot bring these episodes to you. Spotters is a family-owned and run business and have been making premium quality polarized eyewear for over 20 years. Now, I was wearing my spotters for the entire weekend on the water and they made um, an incredible difference. There were times where we were even able to sight cast the fish and without a pair of polarized sunnies, it is almost impossible. My choice of lens for fishing the dams on bright sunny days is the Nexus lens. Cuts out a lot of the glare but still works really well in the fresh water and highlights um, you know, in against the edges and you can really find the fish quite easily and I had these matched with the fusion frame. Now, once again, I want to thank Murray for spending the weekend sharing his knowledge on the lake and helping me with filming this new project. I'm sure he learned plenty about filming and the effort that goes into it, but I also want to thank him for a great weekend, as well as Mitchie and Meso for the great company out in the water, and I know they had a cracker of a weekend. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on the Apple Podcasts app and screenshot your podcast app and tag us on your social media pages. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, guys, for listening to yet another episode of the podcast and as always we have plenty more exciting topics coming to you soon if you didn't know and if you didn't know we drop a brand new episode at the start of every week 
Thanks, guys. If you're heading to Lake Windermere, good luck, and I wish you nothing but a stack of gold.